don't be afraid to take risk and take opportunities, but taking risk is a little bit different. It can be related, but I have just found that when I go for something like this move to London, I mean, that's not, that's not an easy thing to do. And there's some risk involved in that, but everything I've done like that has paid off. So don't, don't be afraid to take risk. The oil and gas industry, the driving engine of the world economy, delivering prosperity, innovation and abundance across the globe. Here are the stories of its key players, directly from the leaders themselves. This is Bulwark's Oil and Gas Industry Leaders Podcast, where real experiences are passed on from the leaders of today to the leaders of tomorrow. Here is your host, Paige Wilson. Welcome to episode number 14. I'm sitting here this afternoon at Summer Nape with my guest, Dale Emmerich, Director of Production Management for Drilling Info. How's your uh, couple days here at Nape? So far, so good. Met with a few clients. Yeah. We're demoing our new international product as well as obviously all our uh, other data that we have domestically. So it's a good time. Yeah, I think, uh, so the last time I saw you, you look a little more European-like. I got my hair cut. Oh, okay. Yeah, got rid of the ponytail of 30 years. Which is funny because uh, I say that, but you're moving. I am moving to London. How did you know that? I talked to Alan Gilmer yesterday. Oh, sweet. Yeah, moving there uh, be the first quarter of next year. Awesome. Congratulations on that. Thanks. All right, so before we go deeper into your current role, could you please tell your audience how you started in the industry? Sure. Um, so it was back in 92. Uh, Graduated from the University of Texas at Austin. Got hook a, Yeah, hook em horns. Got a petroleum land management degree. Mm-hmm. And uh, got lucky enough to have been offered uh, two jobs at the time. Oh, wow. Uh, one was by uh, a company, I'll, I'll remain nameless, a, a large major oil company in the uh, panhandle area that I was going to be working. Uh-huh. Or I could stay in Austin with a consulting firm, oil and gas consulting. So I chose Austin. So, so I've been there ever since, but uh, started my own business uh, doing uh, environmental research and mapping as well as oil and gas research. And I uh, did that for about 13 years prior to joining DI. Awesome. About nine years ago. Wow, that's a long time. Now that we know where you began, can you kind of walk us through your journey a little further in the challenges you faced right up to DI? Then we'll get into that. Well, sure. Right up to DI. So essentially, like I said, I started with the oil and gas consulting firm. And um, they were primarily, even they, though they did oil and gas research outside of Texas, they were primarily focused on Texas. You know, basically, uh, you know, I'd say in terms of challenges, it was just learning the industry. Yeah. Because no matter what they teach you in college, it's, it's not the real world. Right. It's and not the experience on hands, you know. Yeah. It's, and, and oil and gas information is really complex, I think, as everybody knows. But I had the opportunity to do a lot of railroad commission research, which is where all the oil and gas records are housed. We actually had uh, the chairman, Christy Craddock, on. Oh, yeah. Sweet. Yeah, I mean, obviously the world's a lot different than in 92 to 95 when I was kind of cutting my teeth doing that oil and gas research. But um, because I had to, um, you know, uh, access paper forms and a lot of paper data that way and do the research that way, the old-fashioned way, um, I think it, I think it kind of set me up for the digital world, which was soon to come. 
So in terms of challenges, I was never, I was always a computer geek growing up, mm-hmm. but in terms of challenges, just learning the new technologies, the new softwares, it's, it's, it's a lot to learn. And adapting. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do at DI? Sure. So nine years ago, I joined on as the GIS manager. Mm-hmm. So at that time, Drilling Info was, they, they had just started Landtrax, which is their leasing product. Right. Um, it had been out um, not quite a year. Mm-hmm. They've been collecting leasing data for, for a lot longer, but the actual mapping of the polygons of where the leases are located, they didn't uh, start mapping until I, until I joined. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was brought on to basically lead and expand the GIS team that does that. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually grew the team up to about uh, 50 members. That's a lot of people. Yeah, it was, and, and the fun part about that was, um, obviously the oil and gas industry was growing through that time period. That was up until... I think here about three years ago, right before the crash. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> so so the team it was it was great. It was gravy days basically. And the team right. was expanding. We were mapping lots of leases and expanding, you know, the product set. Um, and that's what I did for the, about the first six years. Mm-hmm. Over the course of that too, uh, we did map things like pipeline data. We mapped some of our geochemical data. So basically, I think I, I kind of earned my reputation during that time. And then there was an opportunity for me to join the product team. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm going to do it because I just, I just like doing different things and like kind of expanding my knowledge. And that was my first, uh, introduction. You know, I kind of didn't know what product was, right? Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know what it meant to be a product manager. I quickly found out. Uh, and so I've done a lot of things, a lot of things in the product group in the last three years. So, so you're expanding over your, you're moving to London. What, what have been some, like, the bigger challenges going through your career just at DI, going from one position to another, expanding right. your knowledge? Um, yeah, that's a great question because I, I have always, you know, not shied away from opportunity. Mm-hmm. And um, I think a lot of people are get kind of set in their ways and like to do the same thing over and over and, and feel like, you know, when they get to be an expert at it, then they're going to be an expert at it for the rest of their life. But I think the challenge is to not get in that mindset. Right. Become complacent. Don't become complacent. Yeah. The redundancy of your job. It's exactly right. Um, and so I have always looked for opportunity. Like if it's something that I know nothing about, I haven't really shied away and I haven't been afraid to say, all right, I, you know, I don't know this. Mm-hmm. But we're going to figure it out. Well, and especially in your line of work, if you don't learn, you get left behind. Sure, sure. I mean, product as a product manager, you have to constantly be on the cutting edge of, of what is innovative and what is new and what the industry needs. So you always have to be listening. I mean, I think that's, um, that's the key to being successful in product and being successful at DI is just being always innovative and always thinking ahead. If you had one piece of advice to give our audience, what would it be? Well, I mean, it's just that. I think, you know, I had always led uh, the GIS teams. I When I joined product, I was uh, dealt with the land uh, products that we had, our, our direct access to our data and our mapping servers. So those types of things that were all domestic-based products. When I saw the opportunity that we needed a, a, a good, solid product manager for the international products, I took it. So I would just say take opportunities. Great answer. Don't be afraid. Great, great advice. What book influenced you the most? Oh, man. Last Boom. It's uh, about the East Texas oil field. I read it. uh, I don't actually know. I know how I 
got it introduced to me. Um, I really don't even know why, but I went to the, like an oil and gas museum in Kilgore, Texas. I don't even know why I was over there. I think we were passing through and I saw, I think it had a big oil derrick outside. So I, you know, I'm going to stop and see what this is about. W- went through it and had a bookshop. And so I bought a book called the last boom, really quick read. It's all about the East Texas oil field and a lot of the reasons why, uh, we have the railroad commission today and oil and gas opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sounds like they had explosion almost yeah almost <laughs> yeah or somebody's dumping a dumpster <laughs> <laughs> could have been that could have been that uh so what's your most used business tool Ooh, wow well wow that is a at this at this particular moment in time i would say the last few weeks it's been our own international software yeah yeah seriously um because um we just released a new international product in may mm-hmm uh, and which includes a, a mobile app. We've had the mobile app for out for. Yeah, I've seen it out there in the Play Store and yeah. on iTunes. Yeah, yeah, it's out there. It's both Android and iOS. But I use both our web-based software, you know, that you operate on your desktop, and our mobile app to kind of keep on top of current activity going on around the world. And how is that? Is there a lot of stuff going on overseas versus what's going on over here? Well, obviously the oil and gas industry has been hit everywhere, right? Right. So um, the activity is down over the last couple of years, but we still produce about 800 different articles on topics that are happening on oil and gas activity outside the U.S. So to try to keep up with 800 different articles that we write and publish in our apps is is tough. So there's a lot of stuff going on. It's a lot of... uh, um, I would say, you know, in terms of the planned well programs that are going on out there, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that people are watching around the industry. There's some stuff offshore Guyana, offshore Guinea on the east uh, west side of Africa that people are watching. So there's there's still stuff happening. Good, good. And in the uh, the rig count up like two percent this week. Uh, so it's up. Oh, I just checked here it. In the U- I could look yeah, at our mobile app. Yeah. Hey, look. There I you go. Tell you exactly <laughs> what it is as of this morning. I believe it's a thousand and hold on a second, thousand forty-five. Very good. There's six hundred and thirteen active wells going on outside the U.S., so that would be the equivalent to your rig count in the U.S. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, no kidding. It's much better than you know. The alternative. Two, three, four hundred. Yeah, exactly. Who would you say is your most respected competitor? Ooh, why didn't you ask that question? <laughs> I I don't think I can. I don't know. Most respected. I mean, I think I respect all of them. I, I don't know if my definition of respect might be the same as everybody else's, but um, I'm watching all of them. And in that sense... Let this be known. Yeah, oh. <laughs> Hell yeah. I mean, you know, every everybody's got their, their niche, their specialty. I think, um, you know, in terms of respect, I'm not, I'm not really going to name a one company i would say it might even be some of the smaller companies that are popping up okay what's your most important lesson learned at di or in just life it, it could know. be both you might can give me same. one you can give me examples of that important lesson learned uh don't be afraid to take risk you know i said look for opportunity uh, take opportunities but taking risk is a little bit different it can be related but I, I have just found that when I go for something like this move to London, I mean, that's not, that's not an easy thing to do. And there's some risk involved in that. But um, everything I've done like that in the past, you know, 
48 years that I had control over yeah. <laughs> <laughs> has paid off. So Good. don't don't be afraid to take risks. All right. Uh, and, and, and is that that's just on a personal level or on a At, business? In business as well. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's different. Um, you know, I was speaking more towards business probably there than anything. Um, but uh, outside of business, I think I take risks like that too. I, I mean, they're calculated risks, right? I'm not just, I'm not talking about, you know, jump out of an airplane without a parachute. parachute. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay to jump out of an airplane with a parachute. Right. Yeah. I gotcha. <laughs> Which is still risky. Yes. I, I would have to agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your favorite podcast? Uh, oh, wow. That's a good one. Um, so I listen to this one. Do you really? Um, I do. Um, I listen to anything that I can get my hands on oil and gas. There's a, a good one that the IEA puts out. Um, actually, it's the, um, I'm sorry, it's not the IEA. It's the uh, Columbia University. I was going to say Columbia, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I listen to that one just because it, it has some international topics right. that I'm, you know, trying to get up to speed on. Yeah, awesome. So now it's time to announce this week's winner of the $200 steak dinner from the Capital Girl. So congratulations to Roger S. If you want to win a $200 steak dinner from the Capital Girl, and why wouldn't you, visit www.bulwark.com forward slash podcast every week. Enter your information and listen to next week's show to see if your name is chosen. As always, a link will be provided in the show notes to make things easier to enter. And if you're not familiar with Bulwark, they are the leader, not to mention the largest manufacturer of flame-resistant clothing in the world. So after you sign up for that steak dinner, be sure to check out the rest of Bulwark's website to learn more. And since Oil and Gas Global Network's calendar is filled with events, I also need to thank our on-the-road travel sponsors. So Lee Hecht Harrison is the world's leading talent development and transition company that helps businesses simplify the transformation of their talent and workforces to accelerate results and reduce risk. They also help individuals build their careers within their companies or transition into new opportunities. So visit www.lhh.com for more information about that. And then we have Total Land Technologies, and they have the world's most advanced field land management system, which is the Landman Virtual Office. So visit www.totalland.com for more information about them. Also, uh, I need reviews. I haven't gotten any new reviews lately, folks, so if you could do me a a big favor and just take a couple minutes out of your your busy schedules to leave something in iTunes that'd be great don't write it how you want I just I would I, I need feedback to know how to let me know I'm doing okay and thank you so much for joining me hey you today. bet if people want to reach out to you and get to know more about drilling info where should they go so obviously you can search for drillinginfo.com if you want to know more about me check me out on linkedin dale emmerich yeah Yeah, and i'll make sure to put that in the show notes for everybody sounds good and so that concludes this episode so just remember it's up to you to open the next door tune in next week for another intriguing episode of bulwark's oil and gas industry leaders podcast a production of the oil and gas global network Learn more at oilandgasindustryleaders.com.